Heartburn. 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 Created by the University of Hartford Humanities Center Student Fellows. So I'm sitting here with Nikki Lear. She is the founder of Connection. And um, she's going to tell us a little bit about the business and how she picked the name and why it has an exotic spelling. So explain. (laughs) Okay, so I picked the name Connection while I was studying abroad. And so I was looking, my old company was called Messed in Distress. So I was looking for one word that had like a meaning that I could brand in the future. So I, and everything always came back to connection, whether it was like engaging with the customers or even manufacturers. So I liked the word connection. And then I'm like, let's get interesting. And I had just been to Paris and I was like, so I'm so so inspired by like the French fashion houses. So when I looked it up, connection in French is spelled C-O-N-N-E-X-I-O-N. So first it was that. And then one of my like mentors is like Sarah Blakely. And so I watch a bunch of talks that she has and she was explaining, she's the founder of Spanx. So she was explaining that the K sound is really recognizable and like the biggest brand like Kodak and Coca-Cola. So when she said K, I saw K. Just, it just switched out the C and the K and it just makes it a little more unique. And like, I just, I literally saw it in my head and I'm like, this is it. That is so cool. So can you tell us when and why did you start um, this company? So my clothing company started when I was a freshman in college. And I started because I wanted to make clothing for myself. Like I've always wanted to be a designer and I never really loved the way oversized clothing fit. And throughout like recently the trends is more like oversized laid back clothing. So I started making my own in college and Connection was in launched September 8th, 2018. So that was just like my transition because while I was studying abroad, I really learned about sustainable fashion. And I saw like seeing the fashion industry from London where like you go to their high street and see what the stores have. It's very different than like malls in America. So I was able to just like visualize how I wanted my brand to be in the world. And that's where Connection came. I like just dreamt it up out there. <laughs> that is so cool. So um, can you tell us, because you said that your um, your brand and your fashion line is, um, it embodies sustainability. So can you tell us where you get your, the materials for um, the clothes that you um, sell and as well as the um, styling ideas? Yeah, so for connection, the clothing, the new clothing that I've sourced, I go to different like vintage stores. So I've been to Brooklyn a few times and I go to secondhand shops that are all over the place. So like my mom lives in Dallas. So I've, I've gone to Dallas. I've done it in New Jersey, Connecticut, all over. And when I was in London, they have really cool vintage stores. So I collected stuff while I was over there. And then also, so I spoke about Messed and Distressed. It was my prior business. I have a lot of leftover sweatshirts from that so I'm incorporating that into connection and I use the secondhand clothing and so the style really comes from the pieces themselves because I have to work with what I have so I cut them based on what I think would look cool on the piece so a lot of it like I really want to promote body positivity but it just so happens that when you're working with clothing the only way to change it a lot of the time is to like crop it or cut it and do smaller things with it so the style is really inspired by the structure of like the original piece And then I guess just like my personal style, like, is how I I see it and I make it. Okay. So, um, because I remember when I first heard about you in 2017, um, it was, your brand was called Messed and Distressed. And I was like, ooh, that's like, you know, really (laughs) cool. So what is the difference or, um, yeah, I would say the difference between 
um, that, I guess, the season of your business then versus now? The biggest difference is the business plan. So most, it's really for me. It's not even that you guys see it so much, but uh, but also the clothing for Connection is a little more artsy, like definitely. And it even like, it presents some challenges because as like a designer, I look at it as a piece of art, but consumers want clothing. So some, so the Connection stuff has been, like I was explaining, it's based on the piece. It's very artsy and like um, fashion forward. Mess in this dress with more sweatshirts. So as an entrepreneur, I'm working on incorporating a balance of both of that to make like desirable clothing for everyone. That's awesome. So it includes like more. Yeah, it's, it has to be a mix of both. And like you, the only way you learn is by trying things. So I was, I didn't even want to. I was planning on keeping my company messed and distressed until I graduated, and I just wanted to work on the business plan to know where I was heading with it. And but I started to make clothing when I got home from abroad, which was May, so it was the beginning of the summer. And I was like, this stuff is too good to call messed and distressed. I was like, it's connection. And so I like rushed it and launch the brand which I'm happy with like every decision I think happens for a reason and like everything I do like nothing's wrong because you learn from it and you, that's how you grow so that is so awesome I like that thank you it's very sustainable very earthy <laughs> okay so you mentioned earlier that you wanted to make that you make clothing that embodies um body positivity and things of that nature and um you know we're living in the time now that um, embracing um, yourself for who you are, like natural hair, yeah. um, plus size models are in. So, how have you incorporated that into your brand, your new, your like new brand mm-hmm. connection? <laughs> so I, like I said, it's kind of challenging because, like, my dream is to manufacture clothing. So when I talk about the clothing that I want to like enhance body positivity and something I also really like is like I always wear guys clothing because I'm looking for the right fit but I wish they could make something that was a girl so genderless styles are really important to me just because style is versatile and um connection is hard to incorporate it because like I said everything's cut really small but I um I don't know I try to like mix up the models and show diversity but I also work with who's my friends because like I don't have a marketing budget to go call like to pick I think it's hard and like as an entrepreneur like truly just starting and saying I'm gonna have a sustainable company that's diversity and body positivity with like just working with what's around me so I do the best I can to demonstrate different styles and I think through like copy I try to like share messaging that's empowering and I hope to get better with it. I'm like fake trying to work more every day to figure out new ways to, like I said, I'm going to try to make more sweatshirts like Messed in Distress because sweatshirts are definitely um, inclusive of all sizing opposed to crop tops all the time. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I was snooping around your website and um, you mentioned a couple brands that, um, in, that um, you know, keep in mind like sustainable practices um, during the manufacturing process. So how, if you haven't already, how have, how will you continue and, um, I guess expand on, um, being sustainable, um, as you manufacture? Yeah. So I haven't started the manufacturing process yet because that's where the funding and the business plan comes in. And, but what I plan on doing, like there are companies like 
Bionic Yarn, they take ocean plastic, like the bottles, and they break it down and turn it into new fibers, like denim. And like Pharrell Williams did a collaboration with them. I talk about this all the time because I want to make like denim jackets and jeans and different things, and that's the type of denim I'll use, like repurposed denim. And same thing, there's a company, Evernew, and what they do is they take secondhand clothing, and they break it down to like the simplest fiber and then they re, it becomes a new fabric. So it's just, and then I could use that fabric to make t-shirts. So it's just instead of using um, other fabrics that are bad for the environment, which I could talk, like explain, I'm going to like use sustainable options. And there's really two things when it comes to sustainability. It's how the clothing is made and what it's made out of. So that's like what it's made out of. But the also really important part is how it's made and like who, where your factories are, the safety that's going on and like the garment workers, like they're, that they're being treated properly. So those are all things that I think it's like it's really easy for someone right now to go like start a t-shirt line get something printed and just do it not sustainably and like that's fine but because it's so important to me in the future of this company I have to take the time and like the money and the research to learn this and do it this way. Okay can you quickly explain or give um, the listeners an example of um, fabrics you said that are not um, sustainable. Yeah, definitely. So, so that we can join the movement. <laughs> totally, totally. So viscose, which is also like rayon, okay. it is a fabric. And the way that that's made, it comes from trees. So I was listening to Stella McCartney, who is a sustainable designer, speak the other day. And she said 150 million trees are cut down every year to make rayon. Wow. Which is just one fabric for one piece of clothing. Right. And then polyester, which is also really popular, it's made between a chemical reaction with cold petroleum, air, and water. So when that chemical reaction happens, the toxins go into the atmosphere, they go into the water, and they go into the clothing. So the clothing is toxic, and there's been tests done that, like, I, I remember hearing the like, Calvin Klein pieces, like, they're toxic. And also, polyester doesn't biodegrade. So with fast, fast fashion is, like, just the mass quantities of clothing that are going out. So every single piece of clothing that is made out of polyester will stay on the earth between 20 to 200 years. Wow. And you just think about in the mall, how much clothing there is that goes around. Like, right. So that's that. And also cotton is a controversial thing because cotton uses so much pesticides to grow. And also because of the margins, because of the price of clothing now, they're using like excessive pesticides to get the cotton to grow faster so they can make more clothing, but it's like toxic to the soil. And then that's where we get our oxygen from. And like, and then the water, it uses so much water in the process. And we're so fortunate. We live in America, but people in these third world countries rely off of their rivers to live. Right. And the dye and the denim, like the dye that comes that comes from dyeing denim and the cotton usage and the polyester, like I'm talking about, this contaminates these people clean drinking water. Right. So that's that. that. Wow, I feel guilty right now. <laughs> it's it's hard. And like with people, I feel like people don't know about it. And it's just, but it's simple when you think about it because like if you're going to buy a shirt for 150 like who's paying for that rest of that shirt? Because H&M is not cutting their profits. The factory is not cutting their profits. It's the garment worker and it's the safety. And so when you talk about the safety of these factories, like I believe the, the management truly can't afford to fix the safety in these factories because their margins are cut so low because as the consumers, we want $2 t-shirts because that's what consumers think is normal, but it's not ethical. It's not normal. And it's, a challenge on the sustainability side to try to like explain that you need to pay more for clothing that you're used to paying less for. Wow, that sounds like a book right there. So, 
All right. Amen to that. Okay. So, um, you said that, um, you have clothing sourced, um, within the tri-state area and abroad over Mm -hmm. in London. Yeah. And, um, I'll ask, so what is, where and what is your biggest market in terms of, you know, age and like who, like who, like is like your, your, your target audience and who is your biggest market? So I think like initially to say is like millennials, but I also think younger and messed in distress was interesting because it was sweatshirts. I had a variety. I had moms buying it. I had families buying it. Like they would get matching ones. And so connection changed. And so my market changed. So I'm like, because I'm a college student, I definitely think like college kids are around my age, but uh, like something that I also want to do is like integrate programming through connection. So I think starting a program where high school students can get involved and then teaching them the sustainability practices and like even content creation for the brand. Um, I really think it's younger than me. And that's where I'm going to try to put my focus because even the younger generations, they we're the ones that are going to change the world with the right. environment and they're more pat. Not that they're more passionate about it, but I think there's a greater awareness and a greater like, well, I'm going to do something about this because that's how you have to think if you're going to do something about it. So, and like, I am teaching them like proper shop, not like proper shopping, but like ethical shopping and just, um, with the brand, I think it's really like college students, high school kids and the younger generation who I'm going to like break into. And I think that's who my market is. Okay. I have a quick question. So, are you wearing anything from your Yes, clothing? yes. Uh-oh, she is. <laughs> She's repping hard today. I what try. are you wearing? I love it. it. I mean, I'm wearing a sweatshirt that I made for myself. And so what I, so like this was a mess in the stress sweatshirt. And then I take like, so I make a lot of what I can do because I taught myself how to sew. Okay. So this is a pocket. So this came from a tank top from Brooklyn. And I just cut it into a pocket shape and sewed it on there. And this is, I steal all of my father's clothing and he does not know and he will not know, but this was his like flannel that I just bleached and I wear. That is so cool. <laughs> I love it. It's like survival of the fittest. And like my <laughs> leggings have bleach stains on them, but that aren't really supposed to be there, but they are. Right. That's awesome. Okay. So what is your vision board for 2019? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, like. 2018 was a wild year for me like there was so much change and I mean I studied abroad so initially I'm like what the heck is gonna happen this year I'm not going any I'm gonna be in Hartford and I'm but like I think it really is to continue growing and what I really would like to do is focus on the business plan because I'm truly a creative so when it comes to like I'm thinking about the stores and the marketing and the business plan but it's challenging to talk about what you're gonna do first and then when you have money and so really focusing on the business plan, like working on my pitch and just my self-confidence with the brand. And like, I believe the the better that I get, the better the brand will be as like a core entrepreneur of this. So it's to like push my limits and like really work on social media consistency because we all live in a world of social media, but I, I haven't found my like code to succeed there yet. But I've been watching a few web, I watch webinars all the time and like strategy documents. So 2019 is about strategy and like wellness and just to figure out how I'm going to take over the world. That's awesome. (laughs) Sounds great. Okay. Um, so, cause I'm not, I like to like, I'm not, I like to wear clothes. You have to wear clothes. Cause if you don't, no, it's Um, so, (laughs) I totally talk about that too. Um, but, um, I was looking at like fashion forecasting and I wanted to know, have you ever, forecasted a trend even before this brand and been wrong wrong 
Um, I don't think so, but I think that's because the clothing that I make, I'm not really into trends. Like my desire is to make timeless clothing for everyday wear. So trends come and go, right. but you're always you always want a sweatshirt, you always want a flannel, you always want a jacket. And that's where like I don't want to compete in trends and what's next and where I want to create clothing that people need because there's a difference between clothing and fashion. Fashion is like an art and it's it's like style. Everyone wears clothing right. and everyone wants comfortable clothing that it's just easy and simple and so I don't think I've ever been wrong, but there are some things I realized with that I've done with connection that, I mean, I can show you, unfortunately, the audience can't see, but like I cut pieces like this okay, and people don't buy them from me, but I see them all over for everyone 21 right now. Mm -hmm. And I did this in August. Okay. I've that, so that, and um, that style is, so the style I'm talking about is yes. like a sweatshirt that's cropped by your neck. So there's really not even a sweatshirt there. Right. And I put that out there and I made that this summer. And like I explained, it came from the cut of the piece. I actually, I didn't see that elsewhere where I thought of that design. And now I'm seeing this in the mall. So I'm like ahead of it, but that's awesome. But it's, but it's You're like a sorcerer, <laughs> well, I, but like it, it came like, um, intuitively, like I didn't know that I didn't look that up. I was thinking, how can I take this plain crew neck and make it something great? Attractive, and, yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. And so why do you think that you didn't receive the response that maybe you wanted to with that particular piece? I think that it's definitely very unique. So not only like the way I explain my audience is people who are younger than me. Right now, it's also definitely primarily female. And it's also people who want to make a statement. Like someone who's going to wear my pieces want the confidence and want to like embody a boss. And so... And so I think maybe I could have done a better job at showing more styles, ways to wear it. I think video is huge. So incorporating like video so people can really see how it would work. I think, and I don't know, I think there's a trust with the bigger brands. I think being a new brand on social media and just trying to figure out like, because it's one thing for me to talk. It's another thing to create a brand on social media. And like, I'm not proficient at like copy. Like that is not what I want to do, but it's what I have to do while I'm starting. So like it's just growth and learning from it so it's not even a bad thing that it hasn't been received well i think just the confirmation that i kind of know what i'm doing with the style mm -hmm. and i can just go up from here i can't go backwards <laughs> with social media um so a quick um little inference um so how long does it take for you to put together a new outfit and a new or a new fashion spread do you mean for like connection? Yes, for connection. So well, it's <laughs> and for you. <laughs> Sorry. Well, connection. It took me three months. Like I took the whole summer and I made everything that's on the website right now because then I knew I was coming to school and I have my sewing machine here, but I haven't really made anything since. But like I said, one of my goals is to start working on sweatshirts and more wearable pieces. So it it's gonna it takes a while. I mean, probably. Definitely throughout the summer is when I make most of my merchandise because I'm not at school. But, like, I have sweatshirts here and I have fabric, like what I'm wearing right now. And it takes me 30 minutes to make this. It, it doesn't take a while. Okay. It's more I have to make it and then I have to take photos and then you add it to the website and then you add the, all the information and plan when you post it. There's It's not so much of a complicated process, but I don't get to run my business full time. So okay. it's balancing that with being a student and a person and <laughs> all those things. All those things. Okay. Um, 
where do you see your brands in five years from now? In five years, I see us in New York in an office with manufactured product. I want, I will have like an audience that like connects with the sustainability and engagement and the true like meaning of the brand connection. And I will have the manufactured sweatshirts, denim, shoes are a huge thing. I cannot wait to make shoes and really start releasing the products and the genius that goes behind it because all of my manufactured products come out of necessity. It's something that like I felt was lacking or like, Really, so um, I, my goal is to open stores, but in five years I can't say we'll have a store because I want to have enough of an audience online that I know is buying the clothing before I invest in retail because retail's changing. And I'm not scared of retail, but it's just changing, so I think it's smart to have an audience ready before you invest in it. Okay. But I can't wait till I do that. Okay, so what advice would you give any aspiring entrepreneur that is eager to enter into the fashion or clothing industry? <laughs> um, like literally just do it because I told myself for so long I couldn't be a fashion designer and I had another company that was in fashion and messed in this dress just like fell in my lap. I was like, I have to do it. And like, we're all so hard, hard on ourselves as people. Like, oh, I don't know what the right way to do it. And, like, there is no right way to start your own business. And a lot of the time, like, entrepreneurs are so hard on themselves and you think you need to do everything. And that is the perfect way to fail. You you cannot start off by doing everything. And so just do it. Like, just start one day at a time. And this it's a small progress every day that will lead to big changes. So it's just, like... Figure out what you want to do, what your passion is and why you're doing what you're doing. Know your why and then just do it and start talking to people about it. And because I could get so overwhelmed, like I don't know how to speak to people on social media. But if I can come here and have this conversation with you, this is my branding for the day. And when I can just talk to other people about it and like you learn as you go. So don't wait till you're ready because you're never going to be ready. And I, I tell myself that all the time. And so do what scares you. And that's where you'll get where you want to go. Wow. I really love that advice. I'm going to take that with me. <laughs> yes.